This podcast is dedicated to Dean Carpenter. It's a topic we know he would have enjoyed. Biking was Dean's way of serving others and connecting with Detroit's homeless. We miss you, Dean. This one's for you. Coming to you from Beaumont, this is your house call. Remember the first time you rode a bike? I fondly remember the first time I was riding a bike. My dad had taken off my training wheels and he was holding on to the back of the bike and I remember just being so nervous of him letting go. I was afraid I'd fall. And I remember him saying, just keep pedaling, keep pedaling. And soon I was off riding on my own. I recall that proud feeling of freedom. Biking has a way of freeing you. It's not only good for your physical health, but your mental health as well. Detroit has become a popular city for biking. According to cycling advocate David Byrne, it's one of the top eight biking cities in the world. So how is Detroit becoming such a prominent bike city? And how can you get healthier through biking? You're about to find out. Hello and welcome to the Beaumont House Call podcast. I'm Dr. Asha Shahjahan. Our goal is to help you and your family live smarter and healthier lives. Today we're talking about my favorite summer physical activity, biking. We're going to learn about the benefits of biking to your health, learn how bike safety is really important and what kind of equipment that you need, and how biking is changing the landscape of the Motor City. Joining us today is Todd Scott, the Executive Director of Detroit Greenways Coalition. Todd, thanks for being here today. Thank you for having me on. I'm actually really excited that you're on, and the reason is I heard you speaking at the Gross Point um, Healthy Communities, Gross Point Harper Woods Healthy Communities Coalition, and I was like, this guy is awesome. Like, he's got to come on to this podcast, because you were just so captivating when you were talking about biking. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about exactly what you do and how you got involved in Detroit Greenways? Sure. So the, the Detroit Greenways Coalition is a little over 10 years old now. And uh, as, as a lot of folks know, the city of Detroit 10 years ago wasn't in the shape it was in today. That was before bankruptcy. And so it didn't have the capacity to do many things. Um, you know, it was just trying to keep, keep the trash picked up, didn't have time to do trails and, and bike lanes. And so many nonprofits in Detroit started, started implementing them themselves. And then it became, uh, there were a lot of common issues with insurance and maintenance. And so so the funders got together uh, all these groups, these nonprofits, and we formed the, the Greenways Coalition. And our goal now is to build a citywide network of walking and biking trails and complete streets uh, to connect up the entire city. That's, that's pretty phenomenal. And how did you get into biking? Well, you know, I, I was into it as a, as a kid, as most people are. I was also into it uh, in a te- as a teenager to see if I could get around different places. And it was uh, growing up at that time in Troy, it was very difficult to get to places, even like my school. We couldn't bike there safely. And, and it was a concern in the back of my mind. And then uh, in 1991, um, uh, I had a flat tire on my bike. I had to walk it a mile to the gas station oh, to boy. fix it. And then, uh, then the entire tire blew out again. I had to walk another mile home. And I'm like, oh, no. so I go, to the, I go to the store, the bike store, to buy a new tube. And this guy goes, I put the tube on the counter. He goes, is that all? And I go, well, <laughs> let me look around. Next thing you know, I'm walking out with a brand new mountain bike. Nice. Totally got into it. My first ride was back to my original house where I grew up in Royal Oak. And, you know, captivated that inner child. And uh, I think I rode a couple thousand miles that year. I got into mountain biking, mountain bike racing. 
Um, got into the advocacy advocacy ad side of it as well. You know, trying to get more trails built in Southeast Oakland uh, County um, and Southeast Michigan for mountain biking. And then kind of got into rails to trails, where we took former railroad corridors turned into trails. And and then uh, opportunity opened in Detroit to to work for the Greenways Coalition and and get more done there. So, so when you think bike city. I'm thinking like Copenhagen, you know, or like Amsterdam or Montreal or maybe even locally, Portland, New York, Austin. Like people are saying that Detroit is number eight bike city. Like what's making what makes Detroit a bike city? Well, I think there's a there's a couple of things. For, and first of all, you know, I'm a, a, also a student of cycling history. In 1896, Detroit was either Detroit or Brooklyn was the best city for biking, biking in America. Really? Yeah. So. I mean, at least according to the the tourist guide that they get, were giving out in 1896. <laughs> but uh, um, no, so and, and no, it was a very popular thing to do, um, and, and we kind of forget about that history. Um, but Detroit's a very flat city, so unlike okay. Portland or Seattle or San Francisco, you don't have to worry about going up and down hills. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a, a nice road network that was built for two million people in the city of Detroit, mm-hmm. and then you know there's been a, a large exodus of people, so there's a lot of wide streets with not many cars on them. Right. So it creates, creates a great natural biking um, city. Awesome. So for me, like I, I was biking as a kid, and then I kind of took a break from it for a little while, and then I didn't start biking again until I was uh, like in my 20s. And I remember like what got me back into biking was the riverfront and downtown and, and the Dick Wondercut and what we ended up doing was uh, for street medicine, like a nonprofit organization that I work with, um, with our medical residents is we do homeless outreach in the city. And we used to, you know, walk or we would take a car and then we realized that, you know, taking bikes is a great way to see people in a different way right. and see the landscape of cities in a different way. And so we started biking on street med. So, you know, we're treating uh, homeless patients on bikes. So, what are your thoughts about, you know, biking, first of all, as a different way to see the city from walking or in driving, and then also in the means of social connection? Well, I, I think that's a, you hit on a very big uh, aspect of biking um, in Detroit. I mean, so many folks visit Detroit, they come down the expressways where you're below grade, you don't mm-hmm. get to see much, and then you pop up at uh, your sporting arena or your concert hall, and you, you park, and you and you don't get to interact with, with the city and and, and you know, by design. Um, so when you're on a bike, you know, you're out there, you get to see everything that you get to notice the architecture, the people, the sights, the smells, it's much easier to stop and take in, you know, a lemonade stand, for instance, or something. It's Mm -hmm. just, it's just so much easier to, to interact with everything that's around you versus when you're in a car and you kind of have just a destination, you're going to get there, get out and, and, and that's it. You don't have to worry about parking. No, no, you still sometimes have to worry about parking. We, we, we could do a better job with more bike racks, but uh, yeah, you don't, have to, you don't have to pay for parking. And um, sometimes you have to maybe use a, a tree now and then. To, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, it's much easier to, to just stop and, and, and do things. Because there's so many things to explore in Detroit. It's so, so unique and interesting. It's, it's not as, you know, you get out in the suburbs and you get a lot of the, the chain stores and you get some similar, I mean, how many CVSs do you have to bike by? It's not just not that exciting, but. You know, you go through Detroit and you see some things that you just want, won't see anywhere, anywhere else in the world. So when I'm biking, to me, that's like my sacred time. It's like my time to be on my bike and kind of just forget about all the distractions of life and sort of like detox and de-stress. Um, what do you think of biking as a mindful activity, as a way of being mindful or practicing mindfulness? Well, I, yeah, I, I think that it is a good uh, thing for that. I mean, you have to still be aware of your surroundings and I get to. 
too <laughs> too, into, too it. into it. You know? can't close your eyes and buy. No, it. Yeah. but I think that's I think that's also the beauty of of trails like the De Quinter Cut because there are no cars and there's no intersections and no stoplights and you really can just totally just get into the entire situation. Um, so for those who don't know what the De Quinter Cut is, can you talk about that? Like how sure. long is it? Do you know? And like yeah, what a, it, has it become? Sure. Well, so the Quinter Cut's kind of unique in that uh, it used to be a uh, freight railroad mm-hmm. and it was also used by uh for commuter rail to uh to where the renaissance center is now and that got abandoned in the 80s and uh some folks uh the foundations and that were, were really interested in making this a rail to trail um and at the time the city did not necessarily see that could not ha- didn't have that vision and i know for certain that the the community members who lived along the the railroad I mean, I was at meetings where they said, we're not going to go down into that ditch. Mm-hmm. Um, if I go down there, something bad's going to happen. The police aren't going to respond. Right, there's a lot I mean, of crime, right? Yeah, which, of course, wasn't the case. And then once it got built and we had a grand opening with marching bands and food trucks and everyone's like, oh, okay, this is great. When are you going to make it longer? Yeah. It's not long <laughs> enough now. So it kind of totally flipped. Uh-huh. And um, I know some of the more recent sections that have been put in uh, – we got automated bike and pedestrian counters built into the trail. So every time you walk by a certain point on the trail, it counts you. Oh, nice. Yeah, and it d- uploads their data every night to a server. And so we're seeing, you know, 1,200 to 1,300 people on average every day uh, during, the, during the summer, spring, and, uh, and fall. Yeah, I love the artwork on the side of the DeQuinter Cut. It's yes. just, it, it, it's got some grit to it. It's, it speaks it Detroit, but it's, it's really nice to see. So as you're, you know, when you're talking about bikes and going biking in different places, you know, as a doctor, a lot of times, um, you know, I'll prescribe biking as a way to lose weight, you know, or bike prescriptions and try to work with some of the bike shops and, hey, can you give this person a discount so they can uh, rent a bike for their health? Can you talk about some of the health benefits of biking? And yeah, I think you said yourself, you started biking because when you were working as an engineer, you felt like you were gaining a little bit of weight and you just wanted Absolutely. to get some exercise. So. What are some of the health benefits of biking? Well, yeah. So I was stuck behind a desk, in, you know, in, in a cube farm. A lot of people are stuck behind a desk. Yeah. And so, I mean, so it meant so much to get out at the end of the day to go for a bike ride through nature, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's and, so liberating. And, yeah. So, I mean, that was part of part of my mental health and, and also, uh, you know, getting the physical activity to keep your uh, weight in check. Um, but yeah, no, we I ride with a lot of folks um, in Detroit and the health benefits have been staggering. Some of the stories I, I've friends have confided in me are, are amazing. The, you know, the woman who used to carry around a tank of oxygen was, was obese and now she's unbelievably thin and she started her own bike club for women only. Wow. Um, you know, we got, we got people who were on diabetes medicine and high blood pressure medicine. They're on neither anymore anymore. And they started their own bike club. Um, so, and then there's a lot of mental health aspects to it, uh, as well. Fol- folks that are riding to deal with their PTSD, um, depression, Right. Uh, or even like we said, the social connectivity, just getting yeah. to be around other people. And it sounds like from what you're saying and what I've noticed is that biking can be so addicting. Like people who just get started, they say, I want to start biking. And all of a sudden it becomes a weekly activity two times a week and people start meeting up. And can you talk about how do you get uh, involved in biking? So let's say you're like, OK, I've been biking on my own for a while and I want to join a group. Or how do you know what groups to join and where to look for them and that kind of thing? Yeah, I think I think Facebook is is really the starting, uh, the jumping off point for finding those kinds of groups. Mm-hmm. I think one thing that's really changed uh, since when I started biking in in like the early '90s. Back then, a lot of the the groups were a little bit more exclusive and were more about going fast, wearing the same kind of outfits, 
um, you know, more the typical club riding. And I think nowadays you're seeing so much more of the kind of the slow roll effect, you know, where mm-hmm. people are, it, it, it's inclusive. Come on, get your bike and join us. We're just going to go slow. You, you'll be able to keep up. Like, what would you recommend for like essential bike equipment? I mean, the first thing, the most important thing is you need a bike that fits you. And how do you know on. if it fits you? I think I think the best thing to do is try a bunch of different bikes and at a, a quality dealership, and you'll know when one fits and feels right. So do you is it so is this true that you have to see if like your legs dangle or your legs are a certain distance from the pedal or the floor? Um, yeah, I mean that you can always adjust your your seat height, so that's usually not an issue. More often, it's your your reach to the handlebars. A lot of times, you see people on uh, too too big of a bike, and they're sh- they're really stretched forward to get to those handlebars, mm-hmm. and then they develop issues in their in their uh, in their wrists and everything from strain yeah. straining. And then, what about um, you know? There's different types of bikes, right? Like there's mountain bikes. Like I had actually read a story about a 72 year old male that was cycling as a way of recovering from heart surgery and cancer, and he was using an electric bike. And with that, it's it's kind of like he he wasn't able to ride a bike well initially after those um, those diagnoses and having the surgery. So he ended up using the e-bike. So can you talk, like, I didn't even know that they had e-bikes. Like, can you talk about e-bikes? Sure. Yeah. So there's there's different kinds of e-bikes. I mean, the, the two main different types, the, the first is the kind where when you pedal, it just adds uh, energy to your pedal stroke. So it, it feels like you're Superman. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No, because a lot of people, like, especially elderly, they're a little bit afraid of getting mm-hmm. back on bikes. Um, people who have muscle wasting and, um, or severe arthritis, even though it's uh, non-impact, so it's good for people with arthritis, people are afraid. Right. Um, so that's a good option because you, cause you can, tur- can you turn off the. You can, you can adjust how much boost it, it, it gives you. Oh, so it can almost yeah. be a training to like get yeah. back in shape as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and my friend says too, you know, with that, with that option, there are no hills and there are no wind. Oh. Because you just it helps you get where you not want to go, okay. and and the other type of bike too is the one where you just actually just twist a throttle, more like a motorcycle. But oh, it's a, it's okay. a bicycle that it's like a, a electric bike, uh, motorcycle. You know, you know what I saw downtown is that they have now these tandem bikes where you can bike together, and then also I saw like handicap um, accessible bikes, and yep. I love that because um, you know my mom is, used to be an avid biker, like she used to bike with us all the time when we were kids, like throughout neighborhoods and then now she's developed um, some vision issues and cognitive problems and she can't ride a bike um but i keep thinking like oh my god how great would it be if i could take her downtown and go biking and she could be you know on the bike but you know protected and taken care of and still have that liberated feeling of of bike riding again i thought that's that's so great and then also for the elderly population um i've seen bikes where you've got young people biking and and they're sitting in the back and i was like how great is that as an intergenerational activity absolutely yeah, and so so the first program you mentioned is offered through MoGo, which is the Public Bike Share Program. Okay. Um, and they have uh, accessible bikes available through the Wheelhouse Detroit Bike Shop um, at Cullen Plaza mm-hmm. on the Riverwalk. And so you can rent those out, and they have two-person bikes. Um, you know, there's also folks who run pedicab businesses where they, they'll do the actually do the pedaling, but they can take uh, seniors around as well. I know they're, uh, they're real interested in doing that, sometimes for free, just – get some seniors out and get to see what's happening uh, on the river walk to Quintercott and everything. So um, we talked a little bit about bike safety, but what I was wondering is like, you know, like the local traffic laws and like you see people raising their hands and uh, you know, when do you know, do you stop at a red light? Do not like where, what's the best resource for that? And do you have a couple tips for people that are just starting to learn bike safety? Yeah. So, uh, so we just published a new map that has all the, um, oh, I have it in, right here. Yes. And you can get it at any Detroit bike shop, uh, run Detroit running sh- stop, uh, running shop, 
Um, we have them, we're having distributed throughout the city, and it goes through all the laws uh, for biking. Next, uh, I didn't even know there was laws. Like when I first went on Street Med, all of a sudden the the leader of Street Med he was like raising his hand to the ride, and, raising, and I was like, oh wow, this is like a real thing. So I need to learn this. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I mean, bikes were in Detroit before cars, and we had laws for biking before there were laws for cars. So yeah, it's yeah. Motor City, and I don't know the bike laws. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other thing I wanted to bring up too was like you know, so we're living in the age of social media, and it's really hard, I think, to get kids biking. Uh, for example, you know, actually, we were talking about, uh, I was working with a coalition group, and we were looking at how do we get kids outside. Um, so we went around the city of Detroit and started asking different groups, like groups of kids, what do you, how do you, what do you guys want to do outside? Do you want to play basketball? And it was like, no. Do you want to play soccer? No. And they're all on their phones, you know, and they're all, they're listening to music on their phones. And so I said, well, what about biking? And they're like, well, what can, what can the bike do for us? And I said, that's an interesting question. What can the bike do for us? So then we started innovating different things as in terms of what are the kids doing outside? We saw a lot of kids drawing and into music and arts. So we developed this art bike. And so what the bike did is that uh, when you pedaled on the bike, it was attached to paint that would splatter onto a canvas. So after you biked for about like 10, 15 minutes, you'd get this like really cool canvas. So it was designed with the Challenge Detroit and Beaumont together. And we started putting these in different parks. So we did it in Chandler Park. And then we did it for open streets. And um, it was a huge hit. And the cool thing that I noticed about it was that the kids were doing the activity and, you know, showing off their their canvases. But it was the adults that were like, you know what? I haven't been on a bike in a really long time. And, you know, and they'd be like, can I try it? Can I get on it? It's like, okay. So then we ended up building an adult version and a kid version. So that's kind of a way of enticing people to get into it. But like, what advice do you have for that generation that like the little kids ride the bikes and now it seems like the adults are like, this is cool. I'm going to be part of a, a biking crew. But, but that in-between age kind of lose it. Yeah. I, I mean, I think what's, ha- you know, what's happening in Detroit with the uh, bike club. Detroit has now over uh, 70 bike clubs that are not your typical suburban bike club. They don't wear Lycra. They wear, they're more like motorcycle clubs, but they're, but they're not doing anything bad. <laughs> right? They're giving back to the community. Motorcycle people are cool. <laughs> yeah. And so they, they have bikes that have been customized. They have stretch bikes, choppers. They have mu- music systems, lighting systems. Oh, you know, I've, seen the, and, I've seen the lighting system sometimes yeah, and the music. Amazing. <laughs> and, and they're all customized. So there's a way to ex- express your, your artistic talents. And, uh, you know, we were on a ride Wednesday riding through Detroit neighborhoods and kids came out with phones at that age, came out with phones and started recording us. Ah, uh, see, that's the thing. So, so okay. I think that's a sign that everyone wants to be on social media they want to be seen right so it's like okay i want to show people that i'm writing or i want to uh post on instagram or whatever what are some social media opportunities for people to kind of show off that they're biking or get people involved or just sort of you know post about biking like these bike apps yeah so i mean a lot of folks use like just your standard uh facebook or instagram Uh and post their their photos and I think you said something to me earlier about it, like tracking your miles. Yeah. Or- so, so yeah, if you want to do more, more of the fitness stuff, there's um, Map My Ride and Strava. Okay. Um, so you join those. And these and are free apps, right? They're free mm-hmm. apps. I mean, I think you, you pay a premium if you want more the upgrade features. Yeah. Okay. But they, they still work fine without the paying. Fancy. And, Fancy. Yeah. And it just records your miles and you can, you can upload that information, your workouts and 
And then there's things called Strava segments where people compete so you can be the fastest on a certain section of, of roadway. No, healthy competition. Healthy competition like in a virtual world, yeah. Yeah, but I think that's cool because then there's this element of, of social activity. Um, you know, even like when you think about slow roll and how that started. I think great thing about slow roll is that it brings together people who don't normally get together. Yeah. Um, different uh, races, classes, uh, ages. Uh, it's, it's an amazing melting pot of folks. Mm -hmm. And I think that kind of thing is really healthy for our, our Southeast Michigan region. Yeah. It's you know, like build more empathy between the groups and yeah, breaks absolutely. down barriers. And yeah, it's like barriers between, you know, class, religion, you know, race, whatever, gender. Yeah. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. um, so who was your favorite person to go bike riding with? Well, I was um, very fortunate to have gone on uh, bike rides with uh, George W. Bush, President Bush. That's crazy. Um, yeah, so I uh, through the International Mountain Bike Association, who I, I, I was involved with, um, we went to Crawford Ranch in, in Texas and, okay. and built a section of mountain bike trail for the president. Wow. Well, the reason he was biking is because he used to be a runner, and then okay. his knees were, got to beat up, you know, the cartilage, and, and could no longer, he could no longer uh, run, so that's why he started biking. And then he just totally got into it. He he got the expensive bikes and yeah. now they're but he rode all the time. That's and great. And it's a great stress relief. And you know, like you mentioned, if even if you're having a lot of arthritis, a lot of runners, you're right. They start having trouble with their knees, and then they're like, "Oh, I don't, I, I don't have a physical activity to do." And they, people forget about biking. Right. It's a great mm -hmm. one. Yep. So if you're like looking to start riding, so for, for me right now, I live in Royal Oak and I kind of bike around the neighborhood and all of a sudden I just saw like these, oh, 1.2 mile bike lane here and, and I just kind of follow it, but I'm sort of like, I don't know where it's taking me. Um, how do you find these, these trails or, or a good ride to do and like the difficulty levels and um, the scenes and all that stuff? So, so one way to find it is you can go into Google Maps mm -hmm. on, your, on your phone or a computer and you can select bicycling. Okay. And it will show you where all the bike lanes are and all the trails are. Oh, that's great. Um, it's fairly up to date. I don't, I don't know if Royal Oaks are up to date, um, but it's, pretty, it's a good place to start and you can see where things are. Um, and then, uh, you know, there, uh, SEMCOG produces a map for Southeast Michigan that shows where all the biking trails are. And then we just produce our map for the city of Detroit that shows them as well. So, Is there something like, so for example, when I go to like Colorado, there's a hiking app um, that t tells you where to hike. Is there, I'm assuming there's probably similar biking apps like that. Yeah. I think there's similar ones too. Yeah. Show uh, where the trails are. And then for those that are just getting started on, on biking, like, um, is there a good resource that, you know, online to kind of look at the essentials of biking? Yeah, I think, well, I think one, one place to start would be your local bike shop. Mm -hmm. I mean, oh, they have good, yeah. good resources on, on, on what rides are occurring in the near, nearby you area. You mean people don't buy bikes on Amazon? <laughs> There's actual bike shops? You can yeah, go. if you buy your bike on Amazon, don't go in your bike store and let them know that. <laughs> um, you know, the other thing you can do, too, if, you know, if you haven't been on a bike in a while, um, MOGO, the Bike Share Program, does have skills classes that okay. can teach you how to ride a bike or improve your skills. Um, the, so that's highly re recommended. Um, take some of those classes that... Uh, typically offer for free throughout the summer. Yeah, and I think um, Scott here, our producer, did say something about uh, bicycling.com. Yeah, Bicycling Magazine um, has uh, become much more inclusive, not so much about racing and that, so you can go on there and always find information about what works well for biking. Todd, thank you so much for being here. You were great. Uh, is there anything else that you wanted to add for our listeners? Sure. Well, you can uh, go onto our website, detroitgreenways.org. And we have a lot more information about biking and, and trails and how to get more involved and, and what's happening throughout the, throughout the city. And you can get this cool map from there? 
Uh, well, no, the, the maps, we, we're not really mailing those out, but uh, we have distributed, distributed them throughout the city. So okay. that's the best way to get it. Cool. Um, but we're also on, on Facebook and on Twitter and Instagram and try to stay pretty active on those to give people the latest and greatest. Tell them about uh, meetings that are coming up where you can get involved and, and, and advocate for better and uh, safer facilities. Great. Thank you. Don't forget, podcast listeners, we're working on future Beaumont House Call podcasts. We have an upcoming podcast on concussions. And then also, Dr. Gilpin, Nick, and I are back together talking about embarrassing symptoms. Yeah, those symptoms that, you know, you don't really want to talk to your doctor about, but you kind of need to. Uh, so stay tuned for those. We also want to remind you to send along any questions or suggestions to podcast at beaumont.org. In the future, we'll be answering our mailbag. Till the next time, thanks for joining us on the Beaumont House Call. We leave you today with this healthy thought. Biking is liberating for the mind and the body. It doesn't matter what age you are. It's a great way to get exercise in, socialize with a group, and actually start a new hobby. It can be a regular part of your routine. If you live in Detroit, take advantage of our bike lanes. If you don't live in Detroit, come visit. The city is a fascinating place to learn history, and there's no better way to see the city than on a bike. So I have to thank my friend, Samantha Reddy, for getting this quote stuck in my head. JFK said it best, nothing compares to the simple pleasures of riding a bike. And I think you might agree with me if you're a biker. And if you're not a biker, I think we gave you some reasons today to give it a try. Biking is clearly good for your health. It's good for your physical health, your mental health, and your social health. Continue your journey to living a smarter, healthier life. Visit Beaumont.org slash podcast to access information and resources related to today's podcast.